Hello, and welcome on in to Crashing the Boards, the Northwestern Women's Basketball Podcast. This is episode two. I'm your producer, Ben Malik, here with you along the ride. We got a good one for you today, listeners. We're joined by two women's basketball experts, insiders, whatever you want to call them, they know about this team. It's Matt McHugh and Zach Wingrove, two of my good friends as well. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Really excited to talk some women's basketball. And one and zero. Yeah, one and zero. Great yeah, start we'll to start the season. there. So we have uh, four segments for you today. The fourth segment will be our exclusive interview with guard Lindsey Pulliam. So get excited for that. We're going to do this by quarters because Northwestern's women's basketball, women's basketball in college, plays four quarters. First quarter, we're going to recap the game against Chicago State. Guys, Matt, you were there. Northwestern won sixty-three to thirty-six against the Chicago State team on the road. Started the team. Started the season with the win. Let's start big picture. What are your big takeaways from this one? Okay, so the biggest takeaway is Lindsay Pullman, who you already mentioned because she just absolutely balled out in this game. It was great to see. She's real good. First year, their first game of collegiate basketball ever. She goes out there, drops 18 points to lead all scorers on an efficient 6-for-11 shooting. I mean, she was great in all facets of the game, and that was awesome to see for her. And then my other big takeaway has got to be Palace Kunayakpana, who came on so strong in her sophomore season. Her biggest problem in the last couple of years has been foul trouble. and Well, zero fouls for Palace Kunayakpana, 10 rebounds, 12 points. She didn't miss, so I think a great game from those two. And overall, you got to be pretty happy with Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, Matt pretty much said it. It was nice to see some newcomers, uh, you know, kind of make a splash. Jordan Hamilton, team-high seven assists as well. Lindsey Pulliam, efficient from the field, shooting 55%, as well as some familiar faces like Palace Kunayakpana, who uh, maybe not – didn't play as big a role on the team last year. You know she's going to have to step up this season. And, yes, yeah, she certainly did so against Chicago State. Also, holding Chicago State to uh, 8 of 32 from the field, some good defense from the Cats. I know one of Joe McEwen's big things this year is going to be uh, they're going to have to grind out some wins. And uh, certainly a, a good start against uh, Chicago State last Friday. And Chicago State, a lot of those shots, I think you nailed a good point there, Zach, about the defense. They were forcing up shots very late in the shot clock. Chicago State passing the ball around with little rhythm to their offense and then putting something up at the end of the shot clock. So even with Amber Jamison, who I think is probably the best perimeter defender on the team, out for the game, they were so good on the defense, especially on the perimeter, but also on the paint. So I think that was a big takeaway as well. Good to see them engaged on defense in the opener. As you guys mentioned, it's going to be their calling card. Matt, I want to ask you since you were there, I think the big theme, at least for the first half of the season, is how much they adhere to this, you know, slower, inside-out, grinded-out style. Matt, how close were they to that that you saw, in your opinion? Oh, they were much more of a post-up team than we've ever seen before. I mean, they survived this game without making a three, and they shot over 50% from the field, 54.9% from the field. That's one of the better percentages I've seen in my time here at Northwestern. So a lot of that came in the post. There's a lot of points in the paint. It was a pretty big weakness for Chicago State, so we'll see maybe if they adjust that game plan against teams with better bigs. But you know what? If Chicago State's not going to protect the rim well, Northwestern can just attack it and attack it over and yeah, over again like they did. There are a few teams that Northwestern are going to see this season that don't have you know just the really dominant center. Think of the teams that do. You think of Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, of course Ohio State, Maryland. But outside of that, you know, if you see a team that's not that skilled at the five, you want to take advantage and post them up. Those games will be interesting when we get there. Zach, go ahead. I know you have yeah, something also, to add. Yeah. Also rebounding. I mean, 39 rebounds to just 17 for Chicago State. And you guys are hitting the nail on the head in terms of just being able to, uh, to when you play a team that doesn't have bigs, just you got you have to 
outperformed them down low, and they certainly did so both posting up as well as uh, on, the, on the defensive boards, and that's something that Northwestern may have struggled with in the past, and if you're going to play this slower style, you need to hold opponents to uh, to one chance and eliminate second-chance points, and uh, something that they did a great job of, it appears, against uh, Chicago State. Another thing I want to add before we you know, kind of wrap up this game is that Bernie Galernick, Jordan Hamilton, 27, 26 minutes. How did you see them sharing the point guard duties, Matt, in their first game together? We know Jordan Hamilton is very talented, but Bernie Glernick being given every opportunity to fight for minutes on this team as well. Yeah, they play together a lot, which was kind of cool. I was gonna, it was kind of interesting to see how they work together. We obviously knew that when one of them's on the floor and one of them's not, whichever one of them's on the floor is the ball handler. But with one of them playing off ball, that's going to be an interesting adjustment for them. I think they both play better with the ball in their hands, but they both told me that they feel comfortable playing off ball as well. So it's going to be an adjustment as the season goes on, but it's good to see that Joe McEwen is at least willing to experiment with those two guard lineups. I think it's an encouraging sign as well. Jordan Hamilton, we've seen what she's capable of in games, even in their scrimmage in the first game of the season against Missouri-St. Louis, really took over that game offensively. Didn't have as great of a, a, a performance scoring this game. She was distributing the ball great. Also, players like Lydia Rohde wasn't hitting to, uh, against Chicago State, but as we've seen in the past, certainly that's not something that can that uh, you know you can expect to be replicated. So, despite players having a not the best performance, uh, seeing other players step up is a very encouraging sign, I think, for the future. And then, of course, it, it was a good win against you know not a great Chicago State program, but there's always room to improve. Matt, I know you talked to Joe after the game in your interview. And again, I'm just leaning on you here because you were there, and that's, that's really helpful that you called this game. What are the biggest things Northwestern can improve on? Obviously, you don't want to complain too much in a win by this many points. That's how you want to start your season. But what are some things Northwestern needs to work on You know, going forward? The turnovers, I think, were the biggest takeaway for both Joe McEwen and then myself as well. 19 of them in the ball game, and you know what? That's going to happen with a young team. Young team it's, yeah. a, it's a very young team. They started two freshmen. It's a group that lost a lot of talent from last year. It's trying to get people in their new roles. So, I mean, that's going to come with the territory, but it's about how you manage that. And I think they overcame that in a lot of other areas of the game. We've talked about their defense, rebounding, post-scoring. And if they do all of that well, I feel pretty comfortable about their chances going forward. Thanks a lot, Matt. That about wraps it up for our first quarter here of Crashing the Boards. Key takeaway, Northwestern looked good in their opener. Let's move on to the second quarter where I want to talk about the previewing two games this weekend and also the, the signing class of 2018 for Northwestern. Let's start first with the preview. Northwestern will face Oakland at home on Thursday, uh, a season home opener at Beardsley Gym at Evanston Township High School, and then they go on the road on Saturday to go face UT Martin. Let's start with Oakland, guys. Uh, not a great first result of the season for Oakland, but they're a solid team. What can we expect in this first game? Yeah, well, um, Oakland just had a uh, battle against Michigan State, lost by uh, 32. But, you know, the Michigan State team that uh, is, is going to cause some, some problems in the Big Ten this year, I, I've uh, gone on record saying so. Uh, certainly can expect a battle against this uh, this Oakland team. I know... Uh, one thing that they've excelled in so far is block shots. They have 28 in uh, their first two games, so something that they'll uh, Northwestern will have to adjust with. Maybe Oakland has a little more um, of a post presence than, than a Chicago State, you could say. Um, their best player, it appears, is uh, Leah, Sum Leah Summerfield. Uh, she led the team in both rebounds and points against Michigan State, 17 points, 6 rebounds. Uh, she plays 29 minutes. Uh, she played 29 minutes that game, and so uh, I think the key will for Northwestern will be especially, you know, not knowing what's what's going on with Amber Jamison. You, you're going to have to contain Summerfield somehow, and uh, 
she she I think is the key um, for this Oakland team. And this Oakland team comes in with a, a pretty strong record, at least in the last year year or two. Uh, last year, about 150 in the RPI, and then also a very solid season in the Horizon League, 18 and 12, 12 and 6 in Horizon League play. The 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 victory that stands out to me the most was when they took down Green Bay because Green Bay is a solid team. Green Bay was very good, and they were ranked number 21 in the country when they beat them last year. So obviously, a, a bit of a different team this year. That Michigan State result is any indication a beatable team for Northwestern, but this is a game that Northwestern cannot take lightly. This team clearly showed that they can win big games last year, and Northwestern going to hope that they can give them the business at Evanston Township High School on Thursday. Yeah, Leah Summerfield, the player to watch, as you mentioned, Zach. She's averaging 12 points, eight rebounds as well. I think it'll be a real big for Northwestern to deal with. It'll be really interesting to see how Palace Kanayakpana, Oceana Hamilton, Abby Wolf deal with her. And Shakia Graves also as well is averaging 14.5 points per game. It's pretty good scoring by uh, Eddie Beads. Should be a good one on Thursday. We'll have the call for you. Don't remember exactly who's on the call right now, but I'm sure by the end of this broadcast I'll be able to relay that information to you. And then let's move on to, to talk about UT Martin on the road. Northwestern's going to have to go to Tennessee to face uh, UT Martin. And this is a solid team. Northwestern did beat them last year. Um rather comfortably. Let's start there as a starting point. Zach, I know you uh, you have the, the down low for us for what happened last year. Yeah, 82-59, Northwestern won. A pretty solid effort. Jumped out uh, to start the game, 29-14 in the first quarter. Never really looked back. Held uh, UT Martin to just five points in the third quarter, so solid defensive effort there from the Cats, but as we know, a lot of those players uh, who we saw step up last season are no longer here this year, but uh, Lydia Rohde that game had seven points uh, and Abby Scheid with four, but that was really before Scheid started uh, playing a bigger role in the offense. So I think it, I think that it's I think that based on last year, it's encouraging that they've seen him before. Um, not sure who UT Martin returns necessarily um, from that team last year, but yeah, Northwestern shot the ball decently well last year, thirty-seven percent from three. Um, if they can continue, if they can have that kind of output from Rhodey, from Pulliam, uh, from Hamilton, Jordan Hamilton, this game. Um, should be a similar result, I think. Yeah, and the Skyhawks, you know, they started their season 1-1. One one. Uh, they have a win over Alabama-Huntsville, but I think what's actually really troubling for UT Martin is they lost by 12 to Southern Illinois. It's not great. Which no. is a pretty bad result for the Skyhawks. I think this is, you know, a two-game stretch. Northwestern can really start this, this season 3-0. and And, Matt, you know, what does UT Martin do well? You look at their lineup, Kendall Spray is certainly a very accomplished player. She's averaging 19.5 per game shooting 37% from three. This is this is, this is a key, a very good score. And you look at their big, it's probably going to be Chelsea Perry, who's averaging six rebounds per game. Yeah, Perry, a new addition to this team, so that's another wrinkle that Northwestern will have to adjust to. But they saw quite a big dose of spray last, last year. year yeah. She dropped 17 points on them, made four threes. But I think the biggest takeaway for me is how the Wildcats were able to defend this team last year in Evanston. They only shot 29% from the three-point line, 33% from the field, and turned the ball over 19 times. So that looks almost a little bit similar to what they were able to do this last week against Chicago State. So if Northwestern can bring that same defensive toughness, that defensive identity, hold UT Martin under 60 points again, feeling pretty good about their chances. And last year, 21 fast break points for the Cats. That's something that 
Uh, yeah, we'll, they're, they're not saying they're going to run this year, but you're always going to run if you can run. Exactly, and 27 points off turnovers. They really did a great job capitalizing on UT Martin's mistakes last year, something that they'll certainly be looking to do again uh, on, on Saturday this yeah, year. Yeah, UT Martin, 33 turnovers through two games. That's a, that's a lot. You can do the math yourself, about 16 a game. But to be fair, UT Martin and the Skyhawks are forcing 25 turnovers a game. So, Northwestern's certainly going to have to take care of the ball. And, Matt, you said that's a key for this team. Um, I think if Amber Jamison can play, we don't know her injury status as of now. She did not play against Chicago State. Certainly you put her on Kendall Spray. But if not, I think it will be a good test of the rest of the lineup, you know, who can really guard her. Um, let, let's give you one player to watch this weekend in either of these games and then your predictions since neither of us are on the call. I can affirm to you that this, uh, we're obviously not going to UT Martin, but on Thursday at uh, – Beardsley Jim, it'll be Ben Krieger and Henry Enger, two more fantastic sophomores doing the call for that one. So my player to watch this weekend, my kind of key of the whole weekend, is going to be Lindsey Pulliam again, because what she brought to the table scoring-wise was so big against Chicago State. So not only it would it be great to see her replicate that, but now it's also going to be about the defensive side of the ball. I thought she actually looked pretty competent on the defensive side. That was supposed to be her weakness coming into this year, but she looked pretty good against Chicago State. She's going to have a bigger test against both Oakland and then UT Martin, especially if she's task guarding Kendall Spray. So I think that's the biggest test for me this weekend is can Lindsey Pulliam take that jump defensively and guard some of these better opponents this weekend? Yeah, my player to watch is also going to be a first year, Jordan Hamilton. Uh, as I mentioned, not uh, not as great of a scoring output against Chicago State, but she was distributing the ball really well. I'm looking to see her bump up those scoring numbers. Uh, I expect her to in these two games this weekend. And uh, yeah, the, the Pulliam and Hamilton are going to be really the keys, I think, for this team in the non-conference. Just let them feel out uh, just get through that college basketball. Yeah, yeah, let them make mistakes, center the offense around them. And I think it will really pay dividends for Northwestern once they get to Big Ten play, once they get just just in the future, having these talented first years really feel out the whole process. They're playing a lot of minutes. Uh, Hamilton played 27 against Chicago State, Pulliam 29. So just put them on the court. We've seen that you know when they're at their best, they're really, uh, really, really talented players. So I'm excited to see uh, Pulliam, and I'm really excited to see Jordan Hamilton this weekend. Yeah, we'd love to see Hamilton uh, maybe score the ball a, lot, a little bit. We know she can do that. She did that in the exhibition. Let's move on, guys, here to the second half of the second quarter. I want to talk about the signees for Northwestern. Uh, three signees in the class of 2018. It's another good recruiting class for Joe McEwen. We know he does that very well. Sydney Wood, Veronica Burton, and Courtney Shaw. Burton from Massachusetts. She's a guard. And Shaw from Maryland as well as Wood. Wood is a guard and Shaw is a forward. I know we don't have a lot of information per se, such as the nat nature of women's college basketball recruiting. But what can we let me give me the lowdown, the quick, the nitty gritty, what we need to know about these three players? Yeah, the biggest Sydney Wood, an ESPN top one hundred recruit, uh, currently averaging, uh, she's a four year varsity member, currently averaging ten points, five rebounds, three assists per game last season. You can only expect those to go up. And just an, another uh, Maryland recruit for Joe McEwen, um, obviously has Lindsey Pulliam in this year's class, has done a great job recruiting in that area. And yeah, she plays in one of the top high school programs in the country. So. Just being able to play against some, some of the top talent will hopefully make the transition from high school to college even smoother for Wood. Um, and yeah, just again, an outstanding athlete who can play multiple positions and a good defender, which is a part of this Northwestern, the future vision Joe McEwen has of really being able to, to defend and grind out wins. Uh, I think Wood <coughs> is really going to help that vision. And I think it's also interesting to note that 
two of these recruits coming from the Maryland, D.C. area, which obviously Coach Joe McEwen has a lot of familiarity with, and Lindsey Pulliam, like you mentioned, coming from that area as well. So good to see McEwen keeping that kind of recruiting base coming from that area. Two guards and a forward. Obviously, it's really early to see, try to start predicting yeah. how they shake out here, but someone's going to have to take Lydia Rohde's minutes when she leaves after this year. Oceana Hamilton is going to be a big loss in the front court, so theoretically, one of those guards kind of slides in there, and then obviously the forward and Shaw might slide into the front court rotation. Yeah, and the nice thing about Shaw, Shaw is last season she shot 41% as a junior, so maybe she might be able to stretch the floor even as a forward. We could see some potentially stretch four, stretch five capabilities out of her, which would really help the Northwestern offense being able to have a, uh, a big that can shoot. Um, so that that's one really uh, exciting element um, for this year's class as well. Yeah, and I think Courtney Shaw will probably bring some really good athleticism. She played volleyball as well for three years. You can see Joe McEwen's quote about her that she plays at the rim. Always good to have as many athletes as possible. Again, we don't know too much about these three recruits. It is just signing day. The more that we know about them, the better. And I'm sure it's something just to keep your eyes on uh, in the next year coming forward. Let's move on to the third quarter, guys. We talked about Northwestern, what they did last week, what they're going to do this week. Let's go big picture. Let's talk about the Big Ten women's basketball. It's been early in the season, but some good games already for some of our top teams. Yeah, this weekend we saw um, Ohio State, arguably, not even arguably, probably just the consensus among the room, the best team in the the Big Ten. Um, split, Split matchups. They won against... Stanford. Really good result. Big win against Stanford. However, they did lose to Louisville in overtime, 95-90. Um, in that match, we saw Kelsey Mitchell, 26 points, shot 7 of 15 from the field. About what you would expect, maybe a little less shots for um, Kelsey Mitchell um, than we've seen in the past. But yeah, overall, a chance for the Big Ten to make a, a statement with some of these games, Matt. Um, how do you think that that went for some of their top teams? Yeah, I think Ohio State there... Um we mentioned Kelsey Mitchell, but also Stephanie Mavunga. I mean, that game against Stanford, 26 rebounds, 14 Score offensive record. rebounds. My God. Third in a single game. We saw her a little bit last year. She showed, showed flashes of this, but she was never fully healthy. I think it's safe to say she's fully healthy for this season, so watch out. She's probably coming for your all-Big Ten team. And then the other kind of powerhouse, at least perennial powerhouse in this conference, is Maryland. <coughs> Took a tough loss yesterday. It was a really valiant comeback attempt against the defending champions, South Carolina Gamecocks, but wasn't quite enough in the end. But also keep in mind that they're playing without, presumably, who's going to be their leading scorer, Eliana Kristanaki, who is going to come back in about mid-December, I think, due to transfer rules. So once she gets back, Maryland, looking like they could be a pretty legit team as well. Another threat in the Big Ten, Michigan, uh, slid in at number 24 in the initial rankings. Uh, two wins against Liberty and George Mason. Yeah, they're going through the WNIT preseason tournament. <laughs> have been balling out so far. Um, four Big Ten teams have apparently won this tournament. Purdue won it in 2010. Wolverines are going to play the winner of T Louisville and Toledo. So it could be another good matchup for Michigan if Louisville wins that. And Caitlin Flaherty in those games, 20 points against Liberty, 29 points against George Mason. Yeah, she's, she's 10 insane. to 17 from the field. Someone who, I don't know, I personally think could give Kelsey Mitchell a run for her money if she uh, can make that jump this year, and I believe she can. 29 points, let's just see those numbers uh, keep improving. Yeah, and I think eight Big Ten schools are ranked or receiving votes. Obviously, Ohio State is good. Maryland is good. Michigan's in there. But then, you know, I think what's important is the middle class of the Big Ten is kind of hanging around Indiana, Michigan State, and Purdue. They all have some good wins. Nebraska 
and Iowa are also getting some votes. I don't think they're quite as good as those other teams. But Iowa had a really good win over Western Kentucky. I think that was really important for them. Western Kentucky, a team receiving, you know, 20 or so votes. It's a good win for them. And then one thing I really want to talk about is Rutgers. How about them? They beat Temple, a team receiving votes. So then they also beat James Madison for their first road win since February. How about that for the Scarlet Knights? Yo, yo, hot take. Watch out for Rutgers this season. Tyler Scaife is back. And Tyler Scaife, she missed all last year. She's come back for her senior season. She is really good. She's probably going to drop about 20 points per game this year. She's being projected to go as early as the early second round in some WNBA mock drafts. So Tyler Scaife back in the fold. This was a Rutgers team that actually defended okay last year, just needed some scoring. And maybe she's that scoring boost. So... Watch uh, out for Rutgers. Be, they might be out of that Big Ten cellar this year. It'll be year. interesting for Rutgers to see what they can do against the likes of Penn State and Wisconsin and Illinois. The three teams, I think, are kind of in their stratosphere in the Big Ten. I think it'd be really nice for Rutgers to maybe get up to 10th or 9th in the conference, if possible. Yeah, and in that win against Temple, a real balanced team effort. Rutgers' leading scorer uh, had only 12 points, came off the bench. You saw four players uh, scoring in double, double figures, so... Maybe not one player who stands out on this team, but just a really solid uh, a team effort all around to take down the uh, number 18 team in the country in Temple, Matt? Yeah, number 18 in RPI, RPI last year. Wow. Temple last year, was. yeah. So they are votes this year, but that's so, a good Obviously, Temple. they've fallen off a bit, but that's at Temple. Yeah, that's very, very encouraging side, Temple, yeah. Temple, no matter which way you think about it, is a quality women's basketball program. That's so I'm not going to lie. That's just a really surprising result. I'm, I'm really impressed by Rutgers. No, this is a different Rutgers team. So I, I'm actually much more woke on Rutgers. You said Nebraska was receiving votes, and that's yeah, the most well, surprising thing Nebraska to me. earned votes in the preseason U.S. Today vote poll. I don't know I got how many big votes. questions for those how many votes, votes Nebraska They were not received. a good team last year. And Jessica Shepard, who was very clearly their best player, one of the better players in the conference, she transferred to Notre Dame. So... They've won two games this year. It's a kind of close one against SIUE, and then they kind of pulled away at the end against UMKC. So yeah, I don't a know. big test against Arkansas coming up for the Huskers. That'll be a good game for, for now. I remain skeptical. And they also get to play Creighton as well um, later in the week. So that's two games I think we'll find out a little bit more about Nebraska. We'll see if they're still receiving votes after those two. Um, any other good games you guys want to highlight coming up? I know the big one for me is obviously Maryland-UConn. No, and you don't need to say too much about UConn and what they mean in college basketball. Is there any way Maryland can even make this interesting? I mean, they, they kind of made it a little bit interesting last year. It wasn't. It was kind of fun because of the environment yeah. in uh, in the Xfinity Center. People really came out, showed out for that game. Was on ESPN, so I think that that's this that's one will be fun. this one will be on ESPN. This one's going to be in Connecticut though, which makes me think it might yeah. be a little <laughs> less fun than last year's, especially considering the amount of talent that Maryland lost. So I'm I'm holding out hope for Maryland, but I'm not sure. How about Michigan-Notre Dame next Wednesday, uh, November 29th at Michigan. Notre Dame currently ranked number six in the country. Uh, Two wins. It's a good game. Two wins to start the year. They go to Oregon State, who, if I'm not mistaken, was pretty good last year. I believe they had had a two-seed, if I'm not mistaken, in the NCAA tournament last year. So they, they go at Oregon State. Um, this week, and then we'll go Notre Dame does, and then goes to Michigan um, in what will be a, a very intriguing matchup for one of the better teams in the uh, in the Big Ten, in my opinion, Michigan, to see how they stack up against a national powerhouse. Yeah, Mich- Michigan's going to have to play Louisville. I talked about the game earlier. Louisville did win, so that'll be a really good game for Michigan. They're going to basically play the number five, number sixteen. We're going to find out a lot about the strength of Michigan there. Another big game: Ohio State will be playing Washington, twenty fifth in one of the polls. So I think Ohio State should take care of business in that one. 
Um, I think that's about it for the good games. Green Bay is at Wisconsin. Green Bay is a good team. They'll probably actually beat the Badgers. Yeah. Wisconsin, uh, yeah, they're coming on a little stronger. I kind of like the direction the program's going, but they're still not quite out of the cellar yet. They got a little more work to do. Green Bay still a very clearly top 50 RPI team. Not a lot of hope for the Badgers, I think, in that one. Yeah, and the other one, Indiana, will be hosting Western <laughs> Kentucky. Um, Iowa did beat Western Kentucky, but this is also a good program right around 25 to 30 in the rankings, um, obviously receiving votes. I think it'll be good for Indiana to see if they can get a win. Indiana's had a strong start to the season. Yeah, they got off to a slow start in their ball game tonight, but they got it together and then ended up pulling out the win. So good job for Indiana there, led by Tyra Buss coming back for her senior season, and Amanda Cahill. It's, I still think two of the top 10, 15 players in the conference. So you should look for them to be in the top half of the Big Ten at the end of the year. Well, that about wraps it up for us, guys. We're going to end here with the third quarter buzzer beater. What a hot take of the week for both of you guys. Can it be about women's basketball in the Big Ten? Can it be about Northwestern? Can it be about something nationally you want to see? We're going to end here before we send it over to our interview with Lindsey Pulliam, the first-year guard. What do you guys have for me this week? I already touched on it a little bit, but it's Rutgers women's basketball. I am all in on this Rutgers team. That Temple result was really good. This is not the same Rutgers team, folks, that we saw last year, so... Try to scratch that from your memory. I'm sure they will try to scratch that season from their memory as well. But, you know, they got their leading scorer back. They're playing inspired ball. Uh, C. Vivian Stringer's got her new contract extension as well. Four years for C. Vivian, so good for her. She's feeling comfortable coaching that team, I'm sure. Scarlet Knights, they're coming. (laughs) Yeah, my hot take of the week. One player I was very high on in the Big Ten going into uh, into the season was Taryn McCutcheon. Hasn't had the production yet that uh, that I've been looking for. Um, playing about 21 and a half minutes, uh, only averaging only has 17 points between two games, so only averaging eight and a half. I really am uh, looking for McCutcheon to step it up in these next two games. I think that uh, she leads Michigan State in scoring by the end of their non-conference play and kind of emerges as that go-to star for uh, for Michigan State moving forward um, once they get into Big Ten play. Well, thanks a lot, Zach. Thanks a lot, Matt. You heard those hot takes here first. Terry McCutcheon will step it up. Rutgers is the real deal. That about wraps it up here for Crashing the Boards, our Northwestern Women's Basketball Podcast. On behalf of Zach Wingrove, Matt McKee, I'm Matt Malik here on WNorth Sports.